24 episodes in 24 hours. 1,440 minutes of continuous recording. This is the 1440. U.S. Naval Observatory Master Clock at the tone, Eastern Daylight Time. 21 hours, 0 minutes, 45 seconds. Universal Time, 1 hour, 0 minutes, 50 seconds. U.S. Naval Observatory Master Clock at the tone, Eastern Daylight Time. 21 hours, 1 minute, exactly. Universal time, one hour, one minute, five seconds. U.S. Naval Observatory, Master Clock. I don't know what time it is, but I'm really scared. I don't know military time. What is 2,100 hours? It's 200 hours, David. What does that mean? It means you're, you've been here for 200 hours. Oh, God. Oh, that? God. What is that? Ten days? Two hundred and yeah, two, no, because two hundred and seventy hours is thirty days, so two hundred hours. No, you said two hundred seventy hours before. You said seven hundred and twenty hours. So, oh, thank you. It was seven seven hundred and twenty hours. Is the my that was a dyslexic thing right there? Wow, I flip flopped that. Yeah, seven hundred and twenty hours is thirty days. Two seventy is half of that, so it's sixty four days. Holy shit! Hello, everybody. Hello and welcome again. To week 15 of the 1440. I'm your host, Greg Klein. I'm your other host, Dave Chappell. The 1440 is a 24-episode podcast recorded continuously for 24 hours where we will discuss many topics, ask difficult questions, and test our alertness by playing Midnight Club 2 on the PlayStation 2. We will tally our scores at the end of all of this bullshit and see who is better and who is asleep. Please find our show on Spreaker and iTunes, as well as on our website, ChampaKline.com. This is episode 15, hour 15, and the date is currently uh, March 18th. This is when we're, we are recording, and I sound very yes. drunk. Yes, indeed. And you are listening to this on July 12th. What's up, David? Oh, not too much. I'm still feeling. I'm still feeling a pretty good high right now. Just yes. ha- just had some tums that you so graciously gave me because, like your belly, mine's oh. mine's just making some mine's just making some strange gurgling sounds. I just let you borrow that. I'm gonna need that. That you're gonna need those tums back. Yeah, I'm gonna need that back. Right, I'm gonna scratch my nose right now. All right, so it's nine oh three, and I think we're ready to wrap this episode for the night. All right, guys. So we'll see you back here in. 57 minutes. Okay, see ya. Just kidding. You guys really thought you were going to get off the hook. Oh. Um, all right. I have some chalky Tums residue in my in my mouth for a second, so I'm trying to clear it out there. All right. So, yeah. So today is July 12th. It is National Simplicity Day. I like this. I like this. So this is something that I would love to be able to go back to. It was inspired by Henry David Thoreau. Mm-hmm. And I think his, what was the name of his book? What the hell was the name Walden of his book? Pond. Walden Pond. On Walden Pond? No, not on Walden Pond. No. That's on Golden Pond. On but Go- yes. On Golden Pond. <laughs> That's the Henry Fonda movie. Um, yeah, well, Walden Pond, I think, was the name of the book. I'm going to see now. I feel like an idiot for not knowing that, so I'm going to look it up. Pull out I, your pocket brain. I'm going to pull out my pocket brain. But yeah, so he was probably one of the biggest advocates for, for simplicity. Like, um, you mean like keep it simple, stupid? Like keep things simple? Yeah. Like, or, yeah. Simplicity for his day and age or simplicity in general? Like, um, 
Wash things by hand instead of using a washing machine. Yeah. Like what? Yeah, so the book was just called Walden. Okay, Walden. I thought it was called Wal- or Walden Pond, but yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm going to pull it up. So let me look here. Give me one second, and I will pull up the book Walden. Walden. Not the Waltons. Not, no, not the Waltons. The Waldens? The Waldens. The Waltons' creepy next-door neighbors. <laughs> we got your Hi, mail we, again. We're the Waldens. We're here to give you back your mail. Ah, uh, shit. This is opened, and part of these are burned. Yeah, because we both our names both start with W. <laughs> I just thought I just thought it was Oz. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, getting back on track. So the book is a reflection upon simple living in natural surroundings. Yeah, it's it's a personal. It's about basically it's 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 a personal declaration of his independence. It's also a social experiment because he wanted to see what life would be like. It's a spiritual discovery, it's a little bit of satire, and it's a manual for self-reliance. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, wow, I didn't realize it was that old. It was first published in 1854. What? So I didn't realize it was that long ago. It details his experiences over the course. So he did this for two months, two, year, two years, two months, and two days in a cabin that he built near Walden Pond, which is... It was owned by Ralph Waldo Emerson. Yeah. Right outside of Concord, Massachusetts. Ralphie. Ralphie Waldo. Oh, Ralphie. So he used that time... So during that play, he wrote a book called The Week on the Concord and Merrimack Rivers. Yeah. Um, He... The whole experience of living there for that two years and two months inspired him to write Walden uh, because he lived in this time... Being so living in this such such in this simplistic time, okay. He compressed the time into a single year, so he took the two years, two months in the book, and he compressed it down to one year, and he used the passage of the four seasons to sort of symbolize his development. You know, I feel like I, I had to have read this in high school, but I don't have any recollection. I know I had to read it, and I got I wrote I had to write an essay, and I bombed it because I didn't read what I was supposed to. I didn't read anything in high school. I hated reading because I had to. Now I read because I want to. Right. This actually sounds interesting enough. I I would like to actually maybe read this book. It sounds it sounds quite fascinating. Yes. So he kind of so he immersed himself in nature. He kind of gained a more objective understanding of society through his introspection, um, simple living, self sufficiency were some of his other goals. And this whole thing was he was a transcendentalist. So he was inspired by a transcendentalist philosophy, which was the central theme of the American Romantic period. No, that's what I remember. Transcendentalism. Uh, yes, that's exactly. That's most of what I remember. And I was always told, like, well, what would you define that as? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so I'm going to read the first, like, line or, like, one of the, one of the first lines in the book, which I think is actually, this describes something that I, I would love to do this. First of all, let me just explain, get that out of the way. This is something I would love to do with the, with my family. Kitty, get off the mic. Oh, Kitty's pulling the mic over. (laughs) Oh, there he goes. That was, what a little jerk. Um, what a little jerk. All right. So it starts with this. It says, I went to the woods because I wished to live deliberately, to front only the essential facts of life, and see if I could not learn what it had to teach, and not, when I came to die, discover that I had not lived. I did not wish to live what was not life. Living is so dear. 
nor did I wish to practice resignation unless it was quite necessary. I wanted to live deep and suck out all the marrow of life, to live so sturdily and Spartan-like as to put to rout all that was not life, to cut a broad swath and shave close, to drive life into a corner and reduce it to its lowest terms. And if it proved to be mean, why then to get the whole and genuine meanness of it and publish its meanness to the world, or if it were sublime, to know it by experience and be able to give a true account of it in my next excursion. Jeez. It sounds amazing. It does. It sounds fucking amazing. That I, God, what I wouldn't give to do, to do that, just to like disappear, to go out into a cabin in the, well, I shouldn't say it was in the middle of the woods because he was like right near the highway, like the Merrimack River or the Concord River that he was on is like... A mile from the highway, it, so he wasn't yeah, like. But was it then? What when he wrote it in eighteen fifty four? Yeah, he was. It not the highway. I mean, he was close. He was I, so back then. He was close to civilization. It wasn't the middle of nowhere. Okay, but he was still secluded enough. I mean, he was still able to go in and get food from like the store. He lived. Yeah, he lived alone. But he lived alone. He lived a simple life. He sort of removed himself from all. Obviously, you know, eighteen fifty four. There probably wasn't a great amount of technology, but. He was able to live that life. Yeah. That, I mean, I think part of, you know, hopping back to last week's episode, I think that's why I enjoy camping so much. Because you can get a glimpse. There's this whole movement of, um, um, oh shit, what's it called? Not rustic camping, classic camping. Oh yes, I've uh, heard of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately one of the, the main leaders in that movement uh, passed away, I believe a year or so ago. Oh, that's too bad. Um, but yeah, I wrote a book called Classic Camping, which is all about camping as you would have at the turn of the cent- of turn of this century's or not no, I mean of uh 1900s ish, 20s, you know, that yeah, yeah, kind yeah. Of thing. Yeah. Um so it's similar to that or at least that lifestyle. So that's why I think I enjoy camping. It forces you to slow down short of actually doing this as your life. Right. You can escape for a bit and get a taste and center yourself again. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that. I, I mean, there's something about, like, if I were to do this, like, getting up in the morning, waking up and just sitting on my front porch and just sitting in silence. Yeah. And just taking it all in and just, like, like you said, like, you just reset yourself. You mm-hmm. know, you don't want to do this forever, but, like, I would do this for a year. I would oh, yeah, sure. I mean, that would be so much out. fun. Oh, my gosh, it would be amazing. No electricity. You just live by you live off the fruit of the land, if you will. The fruit of the land, or the convenience store down the street, but or whatever. The convenience store down the street. I just I don't know. It just seems like something I would really, really be good at, and <laughs> something I would really love to do. I think the it's something I could have done had I not, you know, gotten married or dated anybody. Yeah. Oh if, yeah. If I had more guts and was more of a loner, even more of a loner. That's something I could have done, but I think the problem with that is, it. it I think I would have continued. I don't know. I don't know. You know, like yeah. So, do you remember if people in Maine a year or so ago were captivated by the story of the North Pond Hermit? Yes, yes. The guy he he basically like lived in the backwoods for almost thirty years. Yeah, just like going in, and he would like break. Not, I wouldn't say even. I wouldn't even say he broke in. But he would just like go into people's cabins, like in the off seasons, mm-hmm. and stay right in their homes, and then move on to different. No, places. I don't think he. No, he didn't stay in their homes. Oh, okay. I don't... He had a campsite, a single campsite yep. that he used for the thirty some odd years, and would would 
I, I mean, steal, yes. Like, he would go to people's camps that were unlocked or, you know, that were seasonal, and he'd go in and take food or right. while they were gone. He never, like, vandalized in the sense of breaking into someone's house no, to vandalize No, no, absolutely not. But to get food. Um, and they, I read an, I read a, um, an interview with him sur- shortly after he was arrested. This poor guy, I mean, I say poor guy because it's just like he just didn't want to be around people. Yeah. Um, so he's something like after after high school, he did like a year of college or something. Yeah, that sounds about right. I yeah. don't, I'm not sure. And it was like a, it was into electrical engineering or something like that. Yeah, or yeah. M- uh, computer engineering. This was like in the 80s. I think that sounds the, about right. Late I think 80s, so. 88, 89. Yep. And then he just walked into the woods, and that was it. Just disappeared. He just left. Yeah. He, and he left and he lived he did that for 30 years. I know, pretty much undetected. There were rumors and stories of this there's a her, the North North Pond hermit living in the woods. Right. But he said in the 30 almost 30 years he was out there, he only talked to one other person and it was a hunter that they just happened to cross paths. That was it. And he said hi. Yeah. But that was it. Yeah. He said he never he never had a campfire for fear of it being seen or smelled, so he never had heat. He cooked everything on propane little stoves and stuff. And like I remember like in the winter when obviously all the cabins were unused, like he would get into them. I don't think so. I, I feel like he did because otherwise he would have frozen to death in the winters. Out they there. Said, he said there were some nights I thought I was going to die. He said he would get up and walk around to oh, okay. stay warm. Oh, okay. So I don't, it's amazing. I, I don't know the whole story. I'm just off the one interview that I read of this guy. Yeah. Um, it's fascinating. But basically he was arrested... There wasn't much they could do. No. Um, they you know, gave him medical checks. He hadn't been to the doctor in years. He said he knew that he needed new glasses because his eyesight was getting worse because he had the same glasses he walked into the wood with 30 years ago. Right. So um, obviously, yeah. Then I think he, he was ordered to live with his mom, who was oh, still okay. alive. And was, I was going to ask where he is now. I, don't, I didn't hear the follow-up to that story. Not far from here, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that, was, a, that was a fascinating story. So like, it just kind of like leads, leads us into that question is like the with the speed that we're moving now towards this like technological i feel like there's going to be a technological meltdown at some point in the next 20 years well i think something's gonna come like do you remember uh might have been six months ago maybe when there was that crash when the internet went down on the east coast yes because people were using just day daily household items that used wi-fi and had little bugs in them to crash to all log into the, at the same time or whatever. Yeah, I remember this. I think it's going to be things like that yeah. where people rely on everything being wireless. Oh yeah. And it's so fragile. It's like it's always hanging by a thread. Mm-hmm. Like okay, through my work, we we do um anyway, we do like we do theatrical stuff but branching off, we have a guy that does um um networking. And sometimes they, they've asked him to network parking lot lights. So basically, I learned this, that, you know, parking lot lights have a sensor in the top that sends when the sun goes down, they turn on. Yeah. So basically, this device replaces that sensor. So you make this giant wireless network out of your parking lot lights. Okay. So you can individually turn them on and off. And you have to network and program all of that. I'm like, huh. why? Why do you yeah. need to have a network parking lot light to, so you can spell things out with a big enough parking lot you can right. turn certain lights off. i don't get it it's what's the point yeah. that's so bizarre things like that why do you need to have wireless cameras why do you need like um wireless door locks like on your house yeah why you do you need, need you don't need that i shit. mean even wi-fi thermostats like in your own home i don't i don't 
I don't know. I don't know if that's necessary. I don't, yeah. Because no, those things are not secure at all. No. Anyway. No, absolutely not. But yeah, I just think like somewhere in the next 20 years here, like we're going to just, there's going to be a collapse technologically speaking just things are gonna like this is all gonna implode it's gonna be a technological prolapse and we'll end up like in just like pre-internet society like and it just makes me wonder like could we ever return to a simpler time 100 years ago i think so i think we'd have to i do too i think it would make things easier in some sense now this is starting to get into real some uh, apocalyptic bullshit because yeah all these shows not, not all these shows but you hear see a lot on tv and movies and stuff like that. Oh, we got to bring it back. We got to take it all down. Right. Like Fight Club. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. Like, I, I, I don't want that to happen purely because of the chaos it'll cause. Oh, yeah. Because people won't be able to handle it. No. Um, I think the, the reaction would be frantic as opposed to let's sit down and figure this out. Um, and people would be complaining and blaming. It would just be shitty. I think human nature would be the worst part of it. Yes. Our our reactions to all of that would be the absolute worst part, right? Because everyone else, everywhere else, like every other species on the planet, would learn how learns how to adapt. I think we are the most poorly adapted. Well, we adapt our environment as opposing to adapting to it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the difference. That's the difference between humans. I mean, other animals do that. Beavers. Yep. Um, build dams. Monkeys can use tools to some degree. Yeah. But we're the only ones like look, we're living in a house. We're not living in the woods. Right. Right. So it's it, I think it's, I think we'd adapt to it. But, you know, so the internet goes away. Uh-oh, we're in 1980. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. All right. That's fine. Look, you ever watched Stranger Things? Look, they survived. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. meaning like or like any movie in the 80s. It's like, oh, before cell phones or people had co- or before, you know, anything. We all, Does, we all did it. We did survive. We were fine. Like, I remember. Uh, yeah. I mean, we didn't have internet until probably friggin' the late nineties, two thousand mm-hmm. maybe. Like it was really yeah. late. Like it does, that's fine. Like it didn't bother me that we didn't have it. When I think back to when my dad grew up, like in the thirties, like it was just different. Like everything, yeah. But it was no different. He remembered like radio shows instead of TV, and then remember when they got their first TV, and it was oh, a giant yeah. box with a tiny little screen in I it. I remember all, those, yeah, all vacuum tubes. The same, you know. Thinking about his life, what he's seen, so the 20th century, like, it's amazing. Like, really, the dawn of all the current technology that we have to grow up, have grown up in that time. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But uh, to to go back, I don't know. I think we could go back, but it would be, there would be remnants of today. I don't think there's ever a true going back. No, I think you're right. Because the technology exists. Yeah, I think it will always exist in some capacity, so we won't truly go back. But I would say, I would think that I could, we could definitely live a simpler life for an abbreviated period of time. Well, how, how so? Like, get rid of your phone? Yeah, or? like I could, to- I could toss my phone. I could live. I could live without electricity. Yeah, I could live without a phone. Like I could do what he did. Like I could go to a cabin on a pond. And just live there. There's something also to be said about doing it yourself. Right. Because when you're doing it yourself, I think in some ways, some ways you would tolerate things differently than if you had someone else to think about. Yeah. Um, like if you were, you might let something slide, but you might also be thinking, well, maybe this other person I'm with doesn't like it. Yeah. 
so I don't know. I to do that as an experiment, I think you'd have to do it solo. I would agree. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Versus if, let's say like 10 people went out and tried to do this. I mean, I think there would be almost too many. That would be chaos. Yeah. It would be uncontrolled. Well, maybe not uncontrolled chaos, but but the idea is to do doing things on your own and finding your own way. Yeah. You couldn't do it. You'd have to do it by yourself. Yeah, you wouldn't get the desired effect I think if it was more than just you or maybe another like maybe one or two other people. Right. Or or if you were reliant on each other but not doing it with so like if you if you were there and then there was someone, you know, half a mile away doing yeah. the same thing and you supported each other in terms of finding right. things or whatever, but you were doing it on your own, I think that would be all right. But yeah. No, I think that's that that that, that makes sense. To do it throw esque. Yeah. You got to do it by your lonesome. Now I kinda wanna go get the book. I want to read Walden. You wanna do you wanna let's do a whole um audio book. Should we just read the book? Yep. Let's read the book, and we'll do different voices, whether or not it fits. Because I know I had to read that in high school, but I didn't. So, <laughs> one book I really liked was uh, uh, Into the Wild. I did like that book. I liked the book. I, I never like saw the movie with, with the, by Sean Penn. Oh, yeah. I never saw it. It was okay. Though I liked the book a lot. Yeah, the book The book is quite good. One of the few books from high school I actually read twice. I don't remember the last. I don't remember if I actually ever read a book beginning to end in high school. <laughs> I was a terrible student. Yeah, I wasn't so hot either. But yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so we kind of I we have that idea of like living back then and so one of the things I did we we pulled up was we were looking back at like what the technology looked like from that era, mm-hmm. like about 100 years ago. So I I pulled a list of all like the inventions in the United States for the first 17 years of the turn of the century. That's awesome. So anything over 100 years old that was invented. So we can kind of go through. I brought a list. It's a, it's a fairly large list, but I think some of them are kind of fun. Let's check some um, out here. So at the very at the, right at the turn of the century, we have 1900. Duckpin bowling was invented. What now? What's duck pin as opposed to candle pin, or 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 no? Duck pin is the is the standard, like big ball, right? So duck pin is the variation of regular bowling that uses balls, which are significantly smaller than you than you those used in ten pin bowling. So is that candle pin then? Yeah. So duck pin is like candle pin. You just have the really small, the really small bowling balls, which are sort of devoid of they have no finger holes. Ten, duck pin bowling. I, okay, I'm just taking a look here. Duck pin bowling, because I'm... Oh, the the interesting. Duck pin bowling is a variation of 10-pin bowling using duck pin or blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's just smaller. Yeah. They're smaller. It's just a smaller ball. They look like little penguins. Yeah. So apparently they call it duck pin bowling is because when the pins are knocked down, they resemble a flock of flying ducks. <laughs> which is why they call it duck pin. Yeah, they're a little waddlier. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I I actually prefer duck pin bowling. I've ne- I don't think I've ever played duck no, pin it's bowling. No, pre- it's pretty fun. I've definitely done candle pin. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, the fly swatter. Oh yeah. Nineteen hundred. Uh, we know what, we know what a fly swatter. Now that's is. that's funny. You know, it's funny. It's things like that that we take for granted now, right? Yeah. Um. But <laughs> a fly swatter. It's so funny that it's a patented device. You know, why not just... It's just... I know. I just find some of these things that are so simple. Like, yeah. Like, here's one uh, in 1900 as well. A thumbtack. Okay. Thumbtacks were invented in 1900. Um, the same year in which... So, it was fa- it was invented by Edwin Moore, 
which is also in 1900, which is also the same year he founded the Pushpin Company. Interesting. That makes sense. So what, what's the difference between a thumb? Oh, a thumbtack? Thumbtack is just flat, the f- flat round thing, and the yeah. Pushpin is like the handle. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, huh. All right, what else we got? We got a lot of these, which is actually kind of cool. Yeah. Um, 1901, the mercury vapor lamp. Interesting. It's oh. A, it's a gas discharge lamp which uses mercury in an excited state to produce light. So we're still using those today. Yeah. Any any gym lighting that's really orange, Yeah. those are mercury vapor lamps. Oh, okay. Uh, orange street lights, mercury vapor. Yeah. So that was that was invented in 1900. Um, it was 1901. Peter Cooper Hewitt invented and patented the mercury vapor lamp. That's an awesome name. Yeah. Peter uh, Cooper Hewitt. Peter Cooper Hewitt. Peter Cooper Hewitt. The disposable safety razor yeah. was invented in 1901. So the safety razor, disposable though, we're talking about. Dispo- yeah, disposable so, razors. Are they just talking about the blade? Because I have a safety razor. Uh, a safety razor. They must be talking about the blade unless they're talking about... Um, pre-inserted blade, you throw the whole thing out, like you get. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, th- I'd be thinking they were talking about replacement blades. All right, here disposable. We, oh, here we go. Okay, so King Camp Gillette, a traveling hardware salesman of Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, invented the double-edged disposable safety razor attached to the reusable razor handle. There we go. So he invented the razor that you could throw away. That goes on top Gillette, of the reusable. Of and you know what's funny? If Gillette invented that. You can't. They don't have those anymore. Gillette. I had never seen one from Gillette. The disposable razors. Right. No. Right. So the only. So when I grew up, my dad had a Schick brand injector razor, which is basically half of the disp- the double sided razor. Yep. And a spring loaded handle. Oh. So you put this device in there that bent the spring open, and you had a cartridge of fifteen razors, and you went kind of like a shotgun. Yep. And inserted the inserted the new blade and it popped out the old blade and when you pull the pin out the spring clamped back down again huh he had that for years and then he wrote schick in the early or the late 90s and i got one he got another one and a few others because we couldn't find them you could find the blades but not the handles and i used that um pretty much until i couldn't find the blades anymore and then christy a couple years ago brought me and bought me an edwin yeager um um, uh, uh, safety razor Nice. Absolutely love it. I suggest if you're into shaving, (laughs) get one of them. Yeah, Yeah, all right. No, that's a good one. Um, Yeah, so so Gillette applied for the patent in 1901, and it was actually granted in 04. So it was a couple years later, but yeah, so disposable razor. Uh, 1902, the hearing aid was invented. Ooh, was it like the size of a a lunchbox? Let me see if this says anything about that. Uh, Typically fits in or behind the wearer's ear. Although hearing aids in some form or fashion, such as the ear trumpet, were developed in previous years, the first electric hearing aid. So this was the first year of the electric hearing aid. That's cool. What, 1902? 1902. That's amazing. Yeah. So it was electric. My grandmother was born in 1902 or 04. I don't remember. Anyway, okay. around that. So I'm thinking, wow. So it was that 115 years ago. Yeah. So you think about this stuff. You hear these technologies. You think of the turn of the century as so old. Yeah. But it wasn't. No. It really wasn't. No, like, it was not that long ago. The, the height of technology, uh, not the height of technology, but I don't think life was any slower then than it was today. No. It you, was just you kind just, of it was just different. Just went in a different it was in a different way. Like Yeah. Yeah, like when you had to when you needed your dapper dan, you had to wait 2 weeks. Exactly. I don't want fop goddammit. 
I'm a Dapper Dan man. Watch your language. I carry Dapper Dan. I can get it for you. It'll be about two weeks. Oh, ain't this just a goddamn... What do you say? What geographical it, geographical oddity. oddity. Two weeks from everywhere. Um, uh, 1902, the teddy bear was invented. Mm. Uh, I say it named after Theodore Roosevelt. Is that correct? Let's say Teddy Roosevelt. Here. The first teddy bear was invented in 1902, where Morris Mictum, the owner of a Brooklyn toy store, inspired by Clifford Berryman's political cartoon depicting President Theodore Teddy Roosevelt on a hunting trip in Mississippi, who spared the life of a black bear cub. Mictum asked for and received Roosevelt's permission to use his name for the hand-sewn bears called Teddy Bears hmm. that he invented and his wife helped construct. That's pretty awesome. There you go. Teddy Bears so were cool. named after President Teddy Roosevelt. That guy is a badass. He was a badass. He was a badass. He's probably still alive. Oh, I'm, sh- I'm sure he All is. gristled and living in the woods. <laughs> uh, per- the Periscope was invented in 1902. Probably the, by necessity. The collapsible were... periscope. Well, that's oh, for like submarines, for yeah. U- U-boats. Let me see. Periscopes. Uh, the invention of the collapsible periscope for use in submarine warfare is credited to Simon Lake in 1902, who called his device the Omniscope or the Scalomniscope. Huh. Later, it was made to be raised and turned by hand. That makes sense because, yeah. because submarines don't have windows. At least most of them don't. You would, yeah. Well, yeah, no, that's true. I guess they don't. You're right. I mean, I mean, like ocean vessels do. Like uh, Alvin, the uh, research vessel does. Like certain ve- research vessels. Ve- God, I, I can't speak. Most subs don't have windows. Um, air conditioning was invented in 1902 instead of a big block of ice. Instead of having a big block of ice with a fan on it. Interesting though. I don't know if it tells you there, but if you notice, large commercial air conditioners are rated in tonnage. Okay, and that is basically. The tonnage of an air conditioner means like, so a three ton air conditioner is the equivalent cooling power of three tons of ice in a room. Oh, wow. How much? Yeah, that's, that's the, that's the, what it's rating is. I don't know what that is in in BTUs or joules or whatever. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. But um, that's where the tonnage rating comes from. Yeah, so it says here it was invented by Willis Carrier. It says, Carrier's invention encompassing the first system to provide man-made control over temperature, humili- humidity, ventilation, and air quality was first installed as a solution to the quality problems experienced at a Brooklyn printing plant. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, 1903, the airplane was invented. Yeah, by Orville and Wilbur Wright, correct? The good old, bo- the good old Wright boys. You got it. Made they- the first powered and sustained airplane flights. Under the control of the pilot in the Wright Flyer 1. That's awesome. December 03 in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. Oh, yes, sir. First in flight. So what their license plate says. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, what do we got? 1904, automatic transmission was invented. Ooh. Which I didn't realize. I guess. Ford? Uh, or- let's see. Modern automatic transmissions trace their origins to an early horseless carriage gearbox that was developed in 1904 by the Sturdivant brothers of oh, Boston, Massachusetts. Sturdiv- Sturdivant. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. Ah. Oh, okay. Th- them good old Sturdivant Those brothers. Them Sturdivant. They're they're straight in they're straight arrow boys. There, boys. Oh, here's a train one for you. Ooh, I like trains. Uh, 1904, the pantograph, diamond shaped ah, pantograph, yes, of course, was uh, was invented. That is a device that collects electrical currents from overhead lines for electric trains or trams. Ooh. Uh, that was invented, what I say, 1904? Yeah. Yeah. Patent was issued on July 5th, 1904 for the pantograph. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, let's see. 1905, a liquid ring pump. What's that? 
It is a rotating positive displacement pump that is powered by an induction motor and is typically used as a vacuum pump or a gas compressor. Huh. Interesting. Ah. It was invented by Lewis Nash in 1905. Hmm. Interesting. He was he filed for the patent on February of 1910 and was issued to him in 1914. So he, he started this thing in okay. 05, so it was nine years. Wow. Yeah, I guess things take a while, don't before, they? Before he got the patent, yeah. Um, 1905, the, this was stupid. An ice pop. Okay. It's a frozen water-based dessert on a stick. <laughs> <laughs> She's freezing ice on a popsicle stick. So was it the actual thing or like the method to make it, does it say? It's made by freezing a colored flavored liquid around a stick. Once it freezes, the stick can be used to handle and hold the ice pop. It was invented by 11-year-old Frank Epperson in 1905. Are you kidding? Apparently that's, yeah. Oh, Frank. In 1923, he got the patent on his frozen ice on a stick. He also invented the twin ice pop with two sticks so it could be shared by two children. The most Which fam- still exist. Yeah. The most famous brand name associated with the ice pop is Popsicle. Shit. There you go. You know, this stuff, you, you see this now and like, Popsicles, duh. But then you think of like maybe some of the apps on your phone today are invented by some 12-year-old kid and they yeah. make a mint. Yeah. And it's like, and in 100 years, people are like, oh yeah, of course. Why wouldn't you make that? Right. Why wouldn't you have a fly swatter? Yeah. You know what? I want them to make a fly swatter app for my phone. A fly swatter app for your phone? You just beat your phone. Yeah. <laughs> Wham. <laughs> um, 1906, the flushometer or the flushometer. What's it say? Or the royal flushometer is a water pressure system mm. that uses an inline handle to flush toilets and urinals. By using pressurized water directly from the supply line, there's a faster recycle time between flushes. The flushometer is still in use today in homes and public restrooms. Oh, those are the um, the handles, yeah, the yeah, ones, yeah, the, okay, yeah, not the jiggly ones, but the the you know the thingy that you hit with your foot. They tell you tell you not to kick. Oh yes, got, yeah. okay, yeah, gotcha. Um, anything else good on this one? The paper towel was invented in 1907. Nice. Okay. By. A teacher in Ashland, Ohio, named Kurt Klier, gave students individual paper squares so that the single towel in the bathroom would not be infected with germs. Okay. Okay. Pretty cool. I like that. 1909, skee-ball was invented. Oh, fun. I love skee-ball. We all know what skee-ball is, so I need to read about that one. Skee-ball! 1909, gin rummy was invented. Yeah. Or gin for short is a simple and popular two-player card game with a 52-card pack. Score more points than your opponent by improving your hand by forming melds and eliminating deadwood. It was okay. invented by Elwood T. Baker and his son Graham Baker in 1909. Very nice. Elwood. Elwood. <laughs> the Blues Brothers. You still owe me money, fool. <laughs> uh, what else we got? In 1911, the automobile self-starter was invented. 1911. Yeah. Mm. Uh, what does it say here? It says, there were many attempts at producing an electric starter before, but none of them were successful. Most designs at the time called for the use of an electric motor attached to the engine's flywheel. However, in order to fit it in the car's engine compartment, the device would have to be small, and therefore, it would be unable to produce a sufficient amount of torque. Okay. Yeah, so it must have been difficult. Yeah, there you go. 1911 also is the year that the uh, cold uh, automatic uh, pistol was made. Oh, I didn't. That's pretty cool. 1911, actually. Colt 1911, nice. famous firearm. 1913 Four Mica. Okay, was was invented. Uh, the hard, durable plastic laminate used for countertops was invented 
by Herbert A. Faber and Daniel O'Connor of Westinghouse Electric. Fascinating. That's pretty cool. 98% asbestos. Beautiful. Fantastic. Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, fortune cookies were invented in 1914. Right. That's an interesting story, isn't it? Like, they're, yeah. they're American. They yeah. have nothing to do with uh, what does Chinese it say food. Here? In the United States, it is, an, it is usually served. The message inside may also include a list of lucky numbers. Contrary to belief, the fortune cookie associated as a Chinese invention is a fallacy. In 1914, the Japanese-American named Makoto Hagiwara of the Japanese Tea Garden in San Francisco, California, introduced the fortune cookie and is thus recognized as the inventor. Ooh. There he is. Um, in 1916, the Lincoln Log was invented. Oh, did you have those as a kid? I had them all. I had so many Lincoln they're so Logs. They're so fun. And you look at them today, they're identical. Well, they're a little different. The yeah. colors are different. Uh, we, uh, My brother and I used to do those all the time. It was I amazing. Ha- I had I had like the, the set that made like a cabin, and you can make some other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember what they were, but we always just used to make the same cabin over and over again. Yeah, they were we, fun, we didn't man. Know to make. Lincoln Logs, dude. Um... In 1916, the tow truck was invented. Oh, I guess because they had all these new auto buggies. Well, they kept break, probably breaking down. Like, well, we got to figure out how to get these to... Right. Um, it was invented by Ernest Holmes Sr. of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Dude, that's awesome. He was a garage worker who was inspired to create the invention after he was forced to pull a car out of a, ra- out of a creek using blocks, rope, and six men. Pretty cool. Uh, let's see. And we'll finish it off with... The final one in 1917, marshmallow cream or marshmallow fluff was still invented around. in 1917. So that was exactly 100 years ago. Still around today. That it was invented. That's, so that's pretty cool. Pretty awesome. Yeah. That's some fascinating stuff. I that's think we a good, could, That's a good list. We could almost do an episode on each one of those topics. Oh, absolutely. Maybe we'll do that. But so. right now, before we hop into our usual playing of Midnight Club, I got a, I got a question for you, Dave. Yes, Greg. So... Based on our discussion this afternoon or this evening right now or this day or whatever, this episode, would you rather live live in a cabin in the woods Thoreau style 100 years ago or perhaps even today but the same style or live in ancient Rome at the height of the empire? I really think I would have to go with living in a cabin in the woods yeah thoreau style yeah i think it would be an amazing experience and i think i think i would actually pull a lot out of that because thinking of you think of ancient rome was two thousand years ago or whatever yep i don't think it was that different other than maybe a little bit more of a lust for blood sports but yeah yeah exactly um, as far as life, day-to-day life, let's say you were in the city or say you were in actually actually in Rome, I don't think life would be all that much different than living, say, in Manhattan. No, you're probably right. Really? Yeah. On, on a personal level, you know, you everything would be there. They had sewers. They had bathhouses. They, you know, they had food. I mean, you know, it's, but everything was made out of freaking marble and looked amazing. Right, right. <laughs> I don't know. I think I would still want to do the cabin. Would you want to do? Curiosity tells me I would like to check out Rome, but I think I think I would want to. I would want to experience it. It's more of an experience, but I think I would be scared culturally that I would get murdered. There is that <laughs> hurdle to <laughs> slaughtered to get yourself. I don't over. know, or get th- you know. It was a lot more vicious. I yeah. think. Yeah, definitely more violent time. So the. The interest is there. I actually read a fascinating uh, thing. Time Magazine put out, you know, how they periodically put out those things. Those like, Anyone, this, anyway, this yeah, was yeah, up yeah. The, on the 
Roman Empire. It was actually pretty fascinating. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right. I would have to go with a cabin in the woods. Yeah. I think it would just be a blast. Right. I think it would absolutely be a blast just to sit there and just live so simplest, sim- simply. Simplicity. Simplicity. Learn, learn how to talk, Dave. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. No, definitely. Put me in a cabin in the woods and I'll be happy. Okay. Naked. Uh, with with bear rugs. Yes. Bear skin sheets. <sighs> Withered husks sewn together. Mummy fingers. <laughs> That's coming up next. Jeez, we're gonna, man. We're, we're going to go back to the kitchen next in the next hour. Oh, we are. So, yeah, <laughs> it's coming back. It's coming back. I don't want to eat mummy fingers. I just got over the freaking burger. <laughs> this is coming back, too. Everybody all know what time it is. It's time to play some Midnight Club. All right, here we go. Okay, what was my last week? 152. Ooh. Really? Wow. Yeah, you did good. You beat me by several seconds. All right, here we go. Get this microphone closer to my face. Eat that mic. Okay, coming up to that weird turn. That, oh, yeah, look at that. Oh, I was about to say I haven't screwed it up in a you while. You did good. I mean, this car hugs the turns a lot better. This is kind of relaxing music, too. It is. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it just like this. So coming under See, the this, overpass. I will say, however tired I feel as we record sometimes tonight... This helps to keep me more alert, so I'm interested to see where this is going to put me. Awesome, right over the bridge. Wow, that was fantastic. Dude, you're cruising this one. I still have my NOS, too. You do, don't you? And I'm not actually using NOS. Oh, dude. And I still have a NOS pack left because I I just drifted on that guy. That That was just, oh, this turn. This car hugs good. Whoa, whoa. I have to say, I'm, I'm way better at this game than I was in college. Oh, oh, absolutely. And my, I haven't played it in years. Okay. My Hard. coordination on this game is far better than it was. Hard right. Yeah, dude. Make it. Oh, oh, you oh fucking telephone pole. I still have I still have a NOS left, so. You do? Yeah, because I drifted on behind that guy. Okay. Try to so keep, I, try I'm gonna, to keep if him on I your can ass. get. Oh, okay, right here. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. You, oh, what the shit? Oh, he flipped me. He flipped you over. What the shit? Oh, you. Ah. Oh, come on. You I, were. You were in. Oh man. Look at my car. Oh. It's on fire. What did I get? One fifty-six. All right, I'll take that. Yeah, I'll definitely take 156. Greg's turn. All right, Greggy. Oh, I'll catch my breath here. That was a... That was a uh, I, I feel good about that round, except that end. I cannot believe that guy flipped my car. That was good. With dink. All right. Whew. Restart. I'll listen to this today. All right. So far, none of the cars that we've been using 
have. Oh, we almost hit that telephone pole. <laughs> I know. Um, oh, shit. So far, none of the cars we've used have particularly good pickup. No, when you're you right. When you start from... But they cruise. They get going. Like, this guy... I mean, I didn't use my NOS for, at all, and I was able to catch... Yeah. I definitely think that we are getting better. Uh, it's, which is, at running the course. Which is bizarre, considering my prediction was that we were going to start to lose steam pretty quickly. Oh, oh shit. Shit, shit. That fucked me all up. Ooh. Oh, I made the jump, though. Damn, that pissed me off. You're off by about six seconds, but you're okay. still okay. Let's see if I can make beat my own time. That's what's important. 201 was your last time. I'm actually feeling very alert. Come on. This music's pumping me up. You maybe, I bet you might still be able to end up in fourth place. I hope so. I, th- I hope this guy gets screwed. Can't see if I can draft him. He's too far away, though. No, you're getting there. I'm you're getting almost there. there. I'm getting there. Oh, that damn... Damn it, I probably could have passed both of them if I hadn't. Oh, fuck me. Oh, come on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. Oh, I can't even see. Oh! <laughs> Damn it. What the crap? Nope, you still came in under, though. You were, you were a second faster. Damn it. Two minutes again, though. It's exactly the same like last time. No, you were two oh one the last time. So you still you, you were still able to shave shave a second off of your uh, off of your face. Damn, that was oh man. That's good. It's our let- so next 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 episode is our last round at with this car, and then we go to another one. Pretty so, excited about that. All right, so we got one. So we got hour sixteen, episode sixteen next week coming up. It is National Hot Dog Day, so Greg and I are going to take ourselves back to the kitchen. Oh God, for more food. We're going to experiment with some hot dogs because we're gluttons for punishment. Doesn't that sound fun, everybody? Oh, Doesn't God. that sound fun? Sounds good. But we got some fun stories about hot dogs. We do have some fun. Yeah. Do we? I don't know. I'm I hope look, so. I'm looking at the notes. We got some fun stuff to talk oh, about. Oh man, hot dogs are the best. All right, so. Let's roll it out and wrap it up for this week, and we will see you guys next week. <laughs> okay, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to this. This was episode 16, as Dave, no, 15, as Dave said. Uh, if you like this, follow us on Facebook at Let Us Blow Your Mind. Follow us on Twitter at Blow Your Mind 14. Instagram at Champa Klein. And of course, our website, champacline.com. Subscribe on Spreaker or iTunes. See you next week where we're going to suck down some hot dogs at 11 o'clock at night. Goodbye. Goodbye.